0: Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic.
1: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch.
0: Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everyone. Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to let everyone know that... This week is going to be a little explicit, So I'd recommend not, you know, having this on in front of your kids unless you want them to have the mouth of a sailor. So, yeah. And if that rubs you the wrong way, then this is not the episode for you. Um, I would just go to our previous episode. That one's real nice. Um, But yeah, if... You're offended by swearing and you're offended by other people's opinions. This is not the episode for you. So, yeah, that's just your little PSA. Don't say I didn't tell you so. Toodles. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Pilot's Pandemic. You're here with your host, Emma, and our lovely co-host, Maddie. Hey, guys and we're back after a week break that feels like honestly feels like it's been forever like Maddie I know you and I we really haven't spoke much like right now before this is the first time we've spoken almost two weeks
1: yep yep it's, it's been like forever
0: yeah it's been a little bit busy but what have you been up to Maddie
1: so a couple of weeks ago I went to Salt Lake City and visited one of our guests Tia up um she lives near Salt Lake City and we got to go up in a Cirrus she took me flying and that was amazing so we went over to Moab where the Arches National Park is and we just explored there so we went twice in 3 days I was like so spoiled I felt and we got to meet up with one of our friends. He toured us around the park twice and went on a hike, went to that big arch, which is like what Arches is named after. And I think he stayed in Salt Lake City for about four days. And then I came back home such an awesome experience. If you guys ever get to meet your Instagram friends in real life, like highly recommend it. That's like one of my things about social media is to always go meet your, your Instagram friends in real life, because it's just like a nice experience to have. And that really makes social media so much like more real, I guess it's not like this fake thing or fake exchange. Um, and then Jesse finished captain training this last week. So finally completed his lifelong goal of becoming a captain. So wild to me. He's, he hasn't taken his first flight yet. Like he had his first day off. He's like, I think I'm going to contact the company and like ask when my, when I'm going to get to fly. I'm like, Jesse, like take, take a breather, take a few days off and then call the company. So I don't know when his next trip is, but it should be like probably coming up soon. Um, And then I went down to Seattle the other day just to meet up with friends. So I don't live in the city. I live like an hour and a half from the city. So going down there, we always just like get a hotel, stay down there, do like the little tourist thing, go to Pike Place Market, um, have breakfast. And that was an awesome time. But what about you?
0: I love it. I love it. Well, not as much fun stuff as you got up to, which I'm like high key jealous, the jealousy, um, being able to go out there and fly with Tia. I swear next time, next time I'ma get them. But I think it's right. cool. Like you were saying, meeting up with people in real life that you've met on social media. I think that's like super unique too to aviation because a lot of people have benefits and you're able to actually like link up with people that, you wouldn't be able to otherwise, which I think is super cool.
1: And Tio is like, I can't believe you actually you actually came because like most of the time people say they're gonna come visit me and then they don't. I'm like, girl, I am someone who if I say I'm gonna come and see you, I'm coming to see you.
0: <laughs> I know. I respect that about you, Maddie. You you travel and like you make traveling your bitch. Like you want to go somewhere, you make it happen, and I love that. I love a go getter, but. <laughs> I, well, I went skiing in the North Carolina mountains, which I guess, I don't know, you know, a lot of people are giving me shit for this as if I'm the one who like invented skiing in North Carolina. Like so many people in my DMs, like, I didn't know you could ski in North Carolina. You can ski in North Carolina. Uh, Well, where, where can you even ski? I'm like, well, look at the picture, sir. (laughs) Well, where did you go? Sir, (laughs) I went skiing. Granted, to you, it may be a hill, but I had one hell of a freaking time. I mean, I always have a blast going skiing here. I don't care how much shit anyone talks about it. It's fun. If you go out to the night ski, it is so much fun. It's a great place to learn because, I mean, the the one, not the lift, the line, the line that you're skiing isn't that long. So if you're trying to learn, it's easy because you just go up and down over and over and over again, which it's like, I think it's a mile, a little over a mile long from top to bottom. So I don't know, I've been out West and I get you skiing out West. There's it's a match. There's nothing like it, but I still have so much fun skiing in North Carolina. So I did that with a group of friends. And then immediately after on Monday, I went skiing that weekend on Monday. I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, which, Oh, I big deal. I finally, we've made it happen. We've been trying to get down here for forever. It feels like, and I don't know. It's just kind of a dream come true. The past like week has just been a serious whirlwind. Like I'm not able to keep up with myself. It does not feel real. I'm still like adjusting to everything, but it's been, yeah, it's been one hell of a past week.
1: I can't wait to like come visit you now with your own place. Like I'm just like so excited to come down.
0: I know that's all Zach and I have been talking about. We're like, when, when, are, when, when are we going to get Maddie to come down here? I'm like, we got to get her to come down here. We got to set up like a little, you know, a space for y'all to record something cool, like a cool setup. I'm like, yes. we'll worry about it when it happens, but it's going to be soon. It's going to be soon. I cannot wait.
1: I know. I'm so excited. Well, that leads us to questions that we got on the Pilots Pandemic. So Emma asked some questions on our Instagram page, Pilots Pandemic. And we are going to dive into questions today. We're going to do a lot of shit talking on the FAA because we love to do that. Um, And we also are going to talk about Steve Dixon resigning. And I know, Emma, you've been like dying to do this episode.
0: (laughs) Oh, just sitting back. Like I have been wanting to sit back and have just a little a little roast session. I think it's therapeutic. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I'm gonna kick up kick up my heels, just kind of get comfortable because we've been saying we're gonna do this, but we really haven't. And I think that. We do sometimes like we overtly throw shade, obviously that's kind of our whole platform, but we haven't just sat down and really run our mouth and really, really said what's on our mind. So that's kind of going to be the gist of this week's episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like we always throw shade at the FAA, but this time it's like direct hit because we're going to read comments from their Instagram and, you know, obviously answer questions too. So Um, The first question, Emma's going to give her answer, but I'm going to ask it, and this is obviously from one of our followers, so they asked, Do you think the change in language is a distraction from making tangible inclusivity change? How do you feel about the FAA's current push for more inclusive language and terminology?
0: All right, so first, I want to start out by reading the definition of inclusivity for people who don't really understand the term or understand its full meaning. So, inclusivity is described as the practice or policy of providing equal access to opportunities and resources to people who might otherwise be excluded or marginalized, such as those having physical or mental disabilities or belong to other minority groups. End quote. So you asked, do you think the change in language is a distraction from making tangible inclusivity change? Simply put, yes. Like, I mean, guys, you can't like the you can't be woke with standards that outright discriminate. I mean, this is all coming from the perspective of just a female pilot, but I don't think changing the verbiage of things like airmen or cockpit to flight deck is going to erase years of toxic masculinity, which I put a little note in here. I was giggling about this when I was reading this question, but like, imagine if aviation was a female dominated industry, like what would they call the cockpit? The pussy pit? The per pit? Yeah,
1: the, tit <laughs> the tit deck? The tit deck. And I said the black hole,
0: (laughs) the black hole. (laughs) I love that. It's like my purse. It's like my, my LV just drop bag. It's a black hole. Mm. But I mean, I think it's great that, you know, the FA wants to understand and create space to talk about pronouns and like an identity, but what is our government actually doing to make an aviation career more accessible to minority groups who might fall into the inclusivity blanket, aka, quote, people who might otherwise be excluded or marginalized, such as those having physical or mental disabilities or belong in other minority groups. Like, don't get me started on the medical side of this, but. I mean, where are we creating a true space for these people in our community? And, you know, a lot of people off the gate want to talk about scholarships. So, oh, well, you can apply to scholarships. Anyone can get into aviation. Guys, most scholarships require prerequisite to even apply aka money resource that could be logged hours a student pilot's license in some cases a whole ppl like you have to have a whole license even a valid medical and to make it worse some of these organizations require you to pay for a membership to even apply all of these things cost money they take time they take resource that simply put some people do not have so Like, how do I feel about a push for new terminology? I think it's a great step in the right direction, but like a lot of things, it's surface level. Systemically, there are just so many changes that need to happen for this industry to be completely inclusive.
1: It's just like a, a baby step. You know, and obviously, it's something that's important. Like people do care about language and and how they are perceived and and how they describe themselves. But I also think like what's behind it, and what's behind it seems very empty. So that's why I'm like, yeah, I think it's a small right step, but there obviously, per usual, could be more done.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just it's kind of like. I don't know, I feel like it's just something to post, like I said, to feel or be seen as woke. Like, oh look, the FA made an Instagram post about being inclusive, cool. They haven't posted about it since November like 20th of 2021. Like they haven't spoken about it last uh, since last year. And I really do think it's just kind of a little bit of a PR stunt. I mean, honestly, if I'm gonna give you my honest opinion, That's how I feel about it. Do I wish it was that way? No, not at all.
1: Dude, I feel the same. Like we gotta like really dive into these companies and and even DFA and think like, why are they doing this? Is it because they actually care or is it a PR stunt? Like LGBTQ, oftentimes I'm like, cool, they got a plane painted in rainbow colors, but what else are they doing? You know, like how are they serving the community other than just doing it for marketing? And I think a lot of times like that facade can be good for people. Like they're like, wow, they're inclusive but we always need to look deeper because that's what you should be pushing these companies and these places where you pay dues. Like what else are they doing? They need to do more than just pretend that they're inclusive
0: yeah yeah I mean kind of unrelated but a little bit related I don't know if you've seen anything about this Maddie but like nobody knows where the BLM like the Black Lives Matter money is right now no one knows like it's just a ship really at sea. about it yeah I, I've been seeing a bunch of stuff about it. And then I heard somebody talking about it on NPR and I need to do more research before, like I entirely discuss that or talk on that. And I should, I should be better at that. I shouldn't bring up that allegedly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's true. They, these big money we talked about, um, what did we talk about last time? UNICEF, how UNICEF yeah. has gotten in trouble, like these charities and organizations really like we need to be questioning where that money goes, but so a follower asked just another question, and it was, has the petition gained any attention or traction from Congress or the FAA?
1: So I have been diligently working with Rick Larson's legislative assistant, and I don't think the petition is like at the forefront for them because what I talked about was more um Catered to like pilots and their actual struggles and the special issuance process, the cost, um, and then have the length of it, as well as the people who have died because of it. So John Hauser's story. And we have talked about this before, Emma. Um, and I just talked about this yesterday with one of with another pilot, but like anything the FAA does is always like done in blood like someone has died for them to make a change so my big thing is pushing people who have died because of the the medical process and john hauser's story is like the most recent and then emma's story obviously um but with the faa and legislation you have to have more than just one person so Yes, while M and I are doing the work behind the scenes, we need more of you to help us with that. And I mean, you don't have to be talking to them every day, but really seriously, just like sending your story in and then following up would make a huge difference because just one voice is not gonna change their mind. And it's not that we're not doing the work we are, but for every email that I send, I don't get one back until the third one. So I have to send three emails for, for me to get a response. And I've sent them my emails because <laughs> I already see that I'm doing it. But like mine are very heated. I'm like, what are we doing? People are dying, literally yeah. dying so that they could fly. Like, and this is still going on, but nobody cares. And I feel like it has to happen at a big level for for people to care. So that's like the frustrating part. So. Yeah, not it
0: can't, it can't just be, like, Maddie and I screaming at the top of our lungs. Like, we can't just be the captain and the co-pilot of a ship operating with zero freaking crew. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, nobody, I mean, we, like, it takes a serious amount of people all, like, knocking at the door for the same thing for it really to get the attention that it deserves and it sucks like you said maddie why do people have to die it's like we we're gonna talk about the max stuff there was just a recent documentary on netflix that i recommend everyone watch but that is a perfect example why did almost 400 people have to die for anything to happen why You know what I mean? Why do people have to die for anything to happen? Like, I don't understand why, you know, people say we've progressed so much as a society. Well, this feels very like cowboys and Indians to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It feels like this weird wild West. And it's, if you ask any health professional about it, they're absolutely flabbergasted. Absolutely flabbergasted. But like, like Maddie said, I mean, you guys need to be contacting your union reps, the AOPA, and asking them why you're paying dues, but you have zero representation on the mental health front, aka the AOPA AV Advoc- advocacy fund. Where does that money go? What are these organizations actually doing with your money? And I think the great thing about AOPA is AOPA is supposed to be an organization that's really, really there for pilots. They are a pilot organization. They have a phone number that you can call. And I honestly recommend that you all just pick up the phone and call. And I'm going to leave that phone, phone number in the show notes. I'm not going to say it on air. But even though you'll probably be put on hold and connected to three other people with a 50% chance of the call just getting dropped, eventually someone has to answer. And the more people that are asking the same question, hey, what is your stance on mental health reform? Hey, what is your stance on the FA's mental health policies or physical health policies? The more people that pressure these organizations, the more they have to have a legitimate answer not just a few articles on their fucking website no a real legitimate answer and stop giving these corporate corporations and organizations the opportunity to not be having a conversation about mental health and aviation right now all the comments on the fa's instagram i need y'all to take the same energy to every other key player in aviation you could be doing things like commenting on sully i can't even say his last name sully sullenberger oh, okay. Yeah. Instagram page and saying, Sully, how do you feel about the FAA's current air medical policies? There are so many things that you can do that aren't, you know, it don't have to be as complicated as writing a whole email about your story. If that's something that you don't want to do, then fine. But there are also other little things that you can be doing. And I know I say this a lot and it kind of sounds dumb, but just starting a conversation with your friends and family, they do not have to be aviation professionals. They do not have to be your other peers in aviation. I think that is one of the biggest things is like gapping the bridge of aviation, the aviation community and the real world, because you'd be surprised when I post about this kind of stuff on my personal Instagram, the amount of people that come to me and they're like, yeah, I had no clue. I had no clue about this. What is this? What does this mean? And people are genuinely curious and genuinely concerned when they find out. So start having a conversation, like Maddie said, be emailing these people. And I hate to say berate, um, you know, don't it berate, works. don't, but like, but you guys have to have a voice for real.
1: Yeah. And that's why I said, like for every three emails I send, I get one back. I have to continue to email them because at some point they have to answer and they get annoyed if you keep asking. And I think for the AOPA NGPA, you guys can even say, do you endorse the pilot's pandemic petition? There are almost nine thousand signatures on that petition. Why haven't you talked about it, or why are we not pushing this petition?
0: Yeah, I mean because and and, and it's, it's like
1: asking those questions. Yeah.
0: Oh, sorry, Maddie, you cut out. I thought you had. I thought you had stopped talking. I no. just got what you were saying. Keep going.
1: Um, I was just saying, like asking those questions really pushes their like buttons they have to answer they can't just sit back and be like oh everything's okay and go on to do other things that they care about like this is something that's pressing we all need to be in the fight together They're, like emma said it can't just be emma and i without our crew like we need you guys to be there with us doing the work too
0: yeah and i think a lot of it stems from fear. And I completely understand that. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, I didn't take a whole six months. And some of that, a lot of that was fear. Um, I get it. A lot of people are afraid of speaking out, but, and I don't want to like say this and jinx myself, knock on wood. And I'm not a professional. Don't take my advice, you know, allegedly, but I've been advocating for this. I was still able to receive my instrument rating. Um, You know, I haven't done anything wrong. I'm speaking my opinion. And as an American, one of your first rights is free speech. So like, I, you know, as, as much as I understand, you don't want to put your career, your future career at jeopardy. I mean, what kind of career do you want in aviation really is what you need to be asking yourself. It's what I asked myself, you know, am I going to sit here and be silent and then venture off into a career where nothing has changed? Nothing has happened. Nothing has progressed. And I could have been somebody who was talking about it. I could have been the, the bell ringer or whatever I had to be. I didn't want to sit in an industry where I didn't at least attempt to make it better and I think that's like kind of a duty that we all have to this industry if you love this industry do your part to make it a better industry
1: exactly yeah preach
0: sorry Spend. that might have sounded mean but like it's 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 the Spend. truth I like I don't know how else to say it and I'm not going to keep on sugarcoating it you know it, it's the truth. People ask us all the time, well, what are you doing for change? When is change going to happen? You know, constantly asking that question. And it's like, well, we can't be the only ones. You know what I mean? There has to be multiple people fighting this fight. There has to be multiple people, like I said, knocking on the door. We can't be so in fear. And I think part of us staying in that fearful mindset, it just further contributes to the stigma. And it's not healthy. Just speak your mind. I mean, we're in the 21st century where everyone speaks their mind, even when they shouldn't. So just, just say what you got to say.
1: The old like saying is like, nothing changes if nothing changes. And I guess what Emma and I are really saying is like, instead of asking us if things are changing, we would love if you guys came to us and are like, hey, I'm talking to my local legislative assistant and this is what's going on, you know, giving us feedback because that's what freaking fuels our fire to keep going instead of, um, so how's change going? Like, we need your help guys, that can't just be us. Mm-hmm. So with that- we appreciate you guys listening though.
0: <laughs> we love you all. Like, we love you. We love you we, we want- love you. we love you. we love you. We love you.
1: It's just like a nice little tough love nudge from us, like to help us out. Um, but anyways, we want, the reason we're doing this is because of the next things that we'll go over like the FA and like Emma said, as much as the, that you give to the FA in the comments would love you guys to have that fire towards like having legislative change. So want to move on to the FAA's Instagram highlight, like the crap that they've been posting because it seems very tone deaf per usual for them. And it just like hurts us, like our hearts, seriously. Um, And y'all have some bangers in the comments that I just love. Dude, so <laughs> out of <laughs> pocket. <all> that. Yeah, <laughs> it's the clap back from the aviation fam, dude. It's so good.
0: Dude, when I tell you, there were some seriously out of pocket comments on some of these. I mean, y'all are... I love, you know, there, people talk a lot of shit about our generation, but we are damn creative when it comes to comments, insults, trolling, like, some of these comments are just literal gold, Instagram gold, but, so, the FAA posted, like Maddie said, a completely tone-deaf post about ADHD, and the post has almost 400 comments, and I'm just gonna clap Hats off because that is a lot more than what the average FAA post gets. I mean, even under like the posts where people get riled up, it'll be hmm, max 100, 120 to see 400 comments, all pretty much on the same theme, other than the fly, burr, whatever, revert now guy.
1: Oh, yeah, revert now, man. Revert now. Okay,
0: Okay. (laughs) gotta talk about this. The revert now guy. (laughs) is woke and aware enough to at least say um mental health awareness now mental health reform now before he goes revert the flight pass yeah okay we that. got him on our side like that's okay. how you know like that's <laughs> how you know but yet the faa keeps continuing to post stupid ridiculous shit like this and it just yeah it gets us going so I know this admin really got their ass handed to them. Like, I wonder how it feels to post this kind of shit and read the the, the comments underneath it. Like, what does that feel? I can't. I can't. <laughs> and and the fact that they keep posting stuff like that, just stop. Anyways, I'm so- just
1: surprised they don't like do the turn off comments. I'm like surprised they yeah. let us troll them, but they do, and I'm like. <sighs>
0: And they don't delete, like they don't delete comments as far as I know. And that, yeah, like you said, Maddie, that has been the funniest thing to me. I'm just waiting for the day where you go and all the comments are turned off and all the comments are erased, but nope, they leave them up there. And it makes them look, I mean, it's just the proof's in the pudding, but the, the post caption says, FAA regulatory authorities worldwide consider attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, ADHD, a disqualifying condition for pilots, but proper diagnosis of ADHD is a complex process. Tap the link in our bio to learn more. So we've thrown a lot of shade in the comments, but guys, here's some people you could email or write to. This article was written by Dr. Chris M. Front. And Dr. Randy J. George Miller at the FAA Office of Aerospace Medicine. Should I repeat that? (laughs) Dr. Chris. M front and Dr. Randy J. George Miller at the FAA office of aerospace medicine. That is someone you can email or write. I guarantee you'll be able to find their contact information online. You can find anyone's contact information on Google. All Mm -hmm. right. So I want to read a quick little like snippet from the article because I'm like, I'm curious. I'm assuming most people went and like looked at the article, but the article just makes it so much worse. The article makes the post Even more tone deaf. It says, quote, the likelihood of an accident rooted in distraction or poor AMD, aeronautical decision making, is heightened when the pilot has a condition that negatively affects such skills. Attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a neurodevelopmental disorder with symptoms of inattention or hyperactivity and that interfere with the functioning or development of said person end quote so big old yikes big mm-hmm. old yikes before I read the first comment Maddie how do you feel about that like because that is just bold it I that's what I comment I was like y'all are bold for this
1: yeah and then it's just it feels like why'd they even post that? Cause it's like, we already know that they don't accept people with ADHD. And so they're just like posting it and it's like a slap in the face. Like,
0: like to remind you like, Oh yeah, yeah. by the way, <laughs> you'll never be a pilot.
1: Yeah. It's by our up.
0: standard. Like. like
1: and right. obviously they don't understand ADHD. It's like, they're so stuck in their ways. And then they still want to just like post it out there. Like, Hey, we're still stuck in our old ways. <laughs> we we get it we get it guys
0: yeah Mm. so the first comment by big slim jimmy which i don't know i might bleep out the ads should we read the i think
1: i think the people that commented really don't care because it's like if they're going to comment on the faa's website like they don't
0: yeah see now i'm playing into the own stigma that i just said i shouldn't okay they're gonna
1: come after us emma how many times have i tagged them and you've tagged them and we've said so much on the oh FM. i know i called Nebit i called traffic. i said
0: i commented on their little stupid space cadet post and was like why why do y'all need to go to space so you and penny and all the other old farts can make sure nobody sat up there <laughs> yeah. i'm like bro like okay so <laughs> big slim jimmy says quote no data saying that adhd pilots are more dangerous no statistics comparing fatal crashes between medicated and unmedicated adhd pilots no regard for compliance with ada a neurosurgeon lawyer ceo and even the president of the united states don't have these restrictions because Unlike what this article insinuates, medicated ADHD individuals don't have problems with cognition, critical thinking, memory, or adherence to standards or procedures. This attitude towards mental health is hurting our industry by further throttling the supply of pilots necessary to keep our infrastructure intact, end quote.
1: Boom. Love that.
0: I mean, and that's so true. Like, that's a point that I've never thought about is like, I mean, which I don't know, like, I, I wonder if neurosurgeons and like surgeons can't take certain medications, but like, you'd never hear about that. Like, oh, I couldn't go to med school because I have ADHD.
1: Yeah. You know I what I mean? Well, because they're doctors, it's like, they know that medication works and helps. And so I'm like, how can, how could you say one thing, do one thing and then go against it. And the other, like, I'm sure this person is right. Obviously I haven't Looked it up either, but it is true. Like all of these high position people have so much stress. Like, how could you say that they aren't going to have any mental health struggle? They know that that's going to happen because the more stress you have, the more likely you are to have a mental health struggle.
0: Yeah. But I mean, he has a good point, like, where is the data and more specifically, where's the data on pilots like ADHD is one of the most commonly diagnosed mental disorders in children, and we just are flat out saying no. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to me. I don't know. I mean, every other person I know has ADHD or is diagnosed with ADHD.
1: You know, they don't ever want to do like studies on that because then it becomes like a liability thing, I feel like. And so like, they're just like trying to mitigate liability in every circumstance. Um, and like you said, like we've talked to Billy Hoffman and and he's the only one who's done studies on pilot health seeking aversion. So like, how can you say, oh, ADHD pilots are unable to do these things when they have no record of that? It's just a blatant lie.
0: Yeah. Mm -mm 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 -mm. on to our on to our next comment maddie you got this one
1: okay so luke fa 20 says screw this rig my best friend has been fighting your stupid process for the last five years because he was diagnosed as a kid He no longer deals with the effects of ADHD, but apparently that doesn't matter to you. He's had nothing but setbacks and AMEs exploiting him for money. Y'all need to fix your system. You're holding back people who will perform just as well as everyone else for something that they have been diagnosed with as a child and no longer suffer from. Absolutely ridiculous. And like you said, like you had said, like ADHD is something that has been diagnosed in children, like a lot lately. And I, I mean, even one of my cousins, when he was eight, he was on ADHD medication and he's fine now. Like, I think it was just like an overprescribed medication. And I mean, in the world that we live in now, that's what people want. They want a diagnosis so then they can get a medication so that they feel like, oh, I'm being cured. And that's yeah, what doctors I'm- do. And we, as women have been prescribed medication that we didn't even need Um, For the problem we didn't even have, but like the doctors, they just, they, when they don't know, they just go to medication. They're like, well, I better give them something because if I don't give them something, they're going to come back. And the point is not having them come back. So that's the frustrating part. And then also when these pilots are children, they don't know that they're going to be pilots. So when they're diagnosed, it's like, well, now we've just ruined their dream of becoming a pilot and the doctor didn't even realize that.
0: Yeah. I mean, you brought up a really good point, like about how most people do want are seeking a diagnosis. They want a pill to fix it. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that to like hate on those people, but I find it interesting because the way that I was raised, what you just said about somebody, you know, being eight years old, getting diagnosed with this and not knowing that they were going to be a pilot. Well, my dad just wanted us all to be pilots. So it was like, we were not sheltered from like seeking care, but it was, it just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I saw it the way that I was raised versus other kids, like other kids would be put on certain medications for certain things. And I'm like, why do you have to take that? I mean my my uh, the way I always thought about it was dude you just got to buck up buttercup and fight yeah. through that. I mean so many dates. I mean I think that's like the sad thing about it is with children and ADHD I think it's one of those things that a lot of people give their kids because they're having a behavioral problem or they're not staying focused in school and it's just a quick fix. But it is kind of sad. I mean, I think about all the times that I sat in my chair at school and was looking at the ceiling or looking outside or rocking my chair back and forth, you know what I mean? And to only imagine like the amount of times that the teacher called my mom, "Emma's not paying attention in class," and then for my mom to just take me to the doctor and put me on medicine, that's crazy to me. And I'm not judging anyone, but it is interesting to see how common it is in just in basic society, I I act like I grew up on a fucking, in a, in a commune (laughs) the way I talk about it. I'm like, I was so sheltered. I didn't go outside. We had a holistic herbalist doctor. I, I used to eat antler every single night before bed and it cured all my ailments. Um, No, like I went to the doctor when I was sick y'all. It's just like, there were certain things that my parents strayed away from because they wanted me to have a successful career in aviation if I ever wanted to have a career in aviation um
1: it is interesting like the parallel though because like your dad was a pilot so like he was able to know like hey my daughter's not gonna do this or this or this or my kids aren't gonna do this because he knew like what the consequences would be from the faa um and then in my life like my mom was in the medical field she was a registered nurse and so we did take things yeah. And she, But she always had like a, a balance, I would say, because I would ask her like, hey, is this like something that you think I should take? And she would be like, no, like, I don't know why they're prescribing that to you um, yeah, as yeah. I grew up and stuff, especially with like my women problems that I had. So I think it's interesting because not everyone has the ability to have a like a pilot father or pilot mother who can counsel them in that way. And I think that really helped you Emma in a lot of ways that you had your dad there to do that for you.
0: Definitely. And I also feel like, I mean, like I said, no shade to anyone who was like raised differently than me. Like, um, I I, like you, I don't know how to explain that this literally no shade. It's just, I was raised so much differently and I'm surprised my dad wasn't more worried about stuff. Like I grew up riding horses. Like I can't, tell you the amount of times I fell on my head but it was just more or less like I remember being young you know when you're 13 12 13 and you're just like I think for women in particular that's a rough rough time and I remember going through those years and being like I'm just so emo and like I can't (laughs) go on and like I remember my dad telling me you need to like grow up you're going through puberty your brain has like 40 different thousand chemical reactors firing off you're gonna feel crazy for a little while work through it and I mean and I know some people could take that and spin it and be like oh your dad was terrible you should have gone and gotten help if you felt that way did I actually feel truly depressed no I probably was upset over the fact that I couldn't get the shoes that I wanted from soundfoot shoe that day but (laughs) in little things like that I feel like taught me a lot throughout my adult years where especially after he died like I had to learn to cope. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people and a lot of people did look at me like that after my dad died. Well, aren't you going to go get help? Aren't you going to go get help? And I'm like, I've, I, I I can, you know, I'll, I'll figure this shit out. I got to learn how to cope. I have to learn how to grieve. And that's something that I've learned how to do on my own. So people are listening to this and they're like yeah bitch and you need to go get therapy you're like (laughs) fucked in the head
1: (laughs) oh man I think everybody obviously grieves in their own way so it kind of like just depends like how able you are to deal with grief but also I think on this subject like why is the FAA combing through pilots records 18 and down like why do they even need that information because that's not something like if you get in trouble when you're a kid, I feel like those records are sealed from if you get like pulled over or something happens to you after 18. So it's kind of like a, a grievance period where they don't really treat it as something where it's set in stone. So that's why I always wonder like the FAA, especially if you have to go through the special issuance process, since we've talked to a few pilots who have gone through it um, and the SSRI specifically, they've gone back through their records and combed through them from when they're a kid. So I think that's a scary part. It's like, why do they care about when you are a child? Because as we know, we're always changing as adults. So I just don't understand the focus on an 18 and under record.
0: It's, it's creepy to me. I don't know. Honestly, like it is creepy. Like to think that somebody is just in a little basement, dark somewhere, like skimming through and like looking at like what happened to you and your medical records when you're six years old, eight years old, three years old. That's weird. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. really weird. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next comment. Sorry, I got off on a little rant there, but I think it's important. <laughs> I think it's yeah. important. Anyways, so I can't say this at name for the life of me. Kamir? Yeah. I mean, I don't,
1: I don't know if it's supposed to be a name.
0: Kate 2001 says, one of my friends was offered a $6,000 cognitive training course after he was told he had ADHD by one of the era medical specialists that he was deferred to after they saw meds on his medical forms. Your programs are nothing but cash grabs simply because the FA is, ent- is an entity as, no, sorry, simply because the FA as an entity is nothing but a bunch of tyrants. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, 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 uh. I mean, and that's something that we talk about a lot with like Maddie, the pillars that you've created with reform. One of the biggest ones is cost to obtain the SI after declaring a mental health diagnosis. I don't understand why these tests cost thousands of dollars. And if they cost thousands of dollars, then our government needs to pay for them or have grants or have some kind of kickback for that who
1: like like a fallback because I don't understand like especially now with the pilot shortage why are you going to put these pilots through the ringer and make them pay thousands and this says specifically six thousand dollars for and this is not even to like saying that you're going to pass the cognitive training it's just a course to help you pass six
0: thousand dollar course
1: six thousand dollars like people are making money off of your mental health So just remember that. Mm, I know a lot of
0: people mm, mm, Mm -hmm.
1: and they will say, oh, I'm here to help you. But are they or are they there because there's a problem and they know that there's a problem and and they can profit off of it?
0: Yeah, that's that's one of the biggest ones. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think having resources and having different like wellness programs for pilots are great, but. I, I, I don't fully understand the money side and I Definitely don't understand the money side of having to take a course to pass another test that you got to pay for out of pocket. That doesn't, I mean, yeah, it's gonna benefit you to get your medical back, but other than that, how does it benefit you? It it doesn't. It's not like a preventive service. It doesn't do anything for you other than help you get your medical back, which isn't a promise.
1: Yeah. It's, it's never guaranteed that you'll get your medical back. You're not guaranteed that you'll even pass the cognitive testing, even if you take the training. So I wouldn't even pay for that. Like if someone offers you cognitive training, like no, do not waste $6,000 on that because it's, I would rather go on Reddit and deep dive into people who have actually done the cognitive t- testing than like take a course, you know?
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, Maddie, you and I have both heard some bad things about the cog screen. Like a lot of people do not like the cog screen test. Um, and I'm, you know, I bet there are a lot of different reasons for that. One being I've heard that it's a really, really long test, but I mean, I don't know if you've taken any of those personality tests that jobs, some jobs will make you do. And I mean, sometimes they're like a hundred questions and they're like these Personality situation based questions. I want to rip my hair out. Like mm-hmm. I start completely, I mean, I'm trying to think of myself in a situation where I'm gonna have to take a test that's gonna make or break, you know, my career. And I'm like, mm, uh uh-uh. I would go insane. I'd start second guessing myself on all the questions like I couldn't do it.
1: Yeah, I like read into those questions. Yeah. Much. Wait didn't they already ask this and like, but in, now it's in a different way. And I'm like, I, did I answer that right the last time? Yeah. Like, well, should what are they should I answer to it say? the same?
0: Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I hate when it's like the numbers. Oh my God. The, the last <laughs> one that I did was like that. And it would, it literally had asked me the same question three times, just worded it differently. And I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, well, like I clicked nine on the last one. Should I click nine on this one? Well, no, that's like too suspicious. Then they know that I thought about it and I click nine and yeah, no, I'm just I'm not here for it. I literally I I could not do it, couldn't do it.
1: Brain spin, like you just go down the spin of like all of these different ideas, and then that messes you up even more.
0: It's just a lot of pressure, like yeah. it it really is truly just a lot of pressure. And I understand like oh, we'll get used to a Buck up butter club because a lot of things in aviation are just pressure. And I fully understand that. I'm very well aware, but it's, it's a lot of pressure to be paying anywhere from $3,000, $6,000 for these tests. And you've got one chance. Mm-hmm. That's a I, lot of pressure.
1: Um, I just, someone had commented on my Instagram when I posted that Steve Dixon was resigning and they had said, I can't remember his name now, but it was like the previous administrator or the one before that, who was actually for mental health reform. And he specifically said the cog screen is only a blip of time, like a a small picture into a pilot's cognitive abilities. So it's not even, it's just at that time, it's like a, a little snapshot. So it's not really even telling you how they'll perform anyways. So he really thought that it should just be taken away, like that it's not even worth having. And yeah. so, and that's from a specific FA administrator. And so if he said that, then why do we still have it?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And it's like, if you can fly with multiple people, multiple aviation professionals, and all of those professionals are like, and that's the other thing is like where where does that go like as far as having like what's the word for it um God I can't think of the word for it it's like when somebody is like an alibi or. I can't think of the word, but essentially it's like, you know, I'm surprised that they don't go and ask people who have actually flown with these people real time, say that's your situation. You've been flying with multiple instructors. Why don't they go to the school and ask for the the student's performance? Like, are they performing well as a student? Do they do good while they're flying? Have, Have they been checked out to solo yet? Like, what is the current stitch? Because given that, like a lot of the things that I see are just I don't know that that kind of got off. I kind of got off on a tangent there. That makes no sense. But
1: well, it doesn't like a job interview, you know, like, yeah, these are like, um,
0: I just feel like they should get more credit. Like to what you've already put forward, you know, when you see people with thousands of hours get their medical revoked for uh, like these long periods of time for things like mental health issues, I understand that they have to go through the SI process to make sure that medication and certain things like that. But in some of these situations, you would think that like, you know. The, the career would, would vouch for something that the amount of hours and the amount of hard work and the amount of dedication would amount to anything, but it doesn't. And that's like the sad thing about aviation where in the real world, it really doesn't amount to anything. And I can tell you that because that was one of the last conversations I had with my father who had God knows how many hours in his logbook, like, It didn't amount to anything in the real world. Once he was out of that position, for him to try and find a job outside of it, nobody's going to, an employer's not going to look at your logbook and be like, oh, you're a great fit for this job. You know what I mean? But you would think, at least with the medical process, that they would entertain it a little bit. But I don't know. I'm not a professional and I'm not an expert. (laughs)
1: Yeah, who knows? Well, everything, like I said, it always comes back to liability for the FAA. So, as long as they can dot their I's and cross their T's, like they're good. So, that's why they don't care about what other people say. Because if you hinge off of someone else's omission of like how someone flies and then something happens, then that's not good enough for them. And Instead, it's like, oh, we're going to test their cognitive abilities. And so they can go back to that hard copy of the paperwork and be like, well, they tested and instead they were good to fly, even though we know it's just like a blip in time. So that's a frustrating part is like the FAA has their own way of doing things. And it's always going to come back to things not falling back on them because they're the ones that want to look like they're the knight in shining armor and that they have nothing. They've done nothing wrong.
0: The FAA is that kid in class that is like really book smart. I mean, all A's, AP student graduates high school with a two year associate's degree, but they can't even fucking pump their own gas. Like, they're (laughs) like, they're, they have no street smarts. Like, no common sense. It's like, I understand why they have, you know, these these procedures and these things that they have set up and yes in theory like when you look at it on paper it's smart but when you actually apply it to real life it's just dumb as balls dumb as mm-hmm. i was gonna say dumb as dick this is gonna be <laughs> an explit
1: episode <laughs> yeah. okay
0: so next
1: um comment by pan com wall says hey fa show us the part that you're doing to hire more medical examiners so that we're n- all not waiting six months for someone to review our case. Stop wasting time on these posts and actually do something about this. Amen to that too. And Emma and I always talk about like the pillars, but this is another pillar that we focus on, the time it takes to get your medical and specifically a special issuance if you do have a mental health diagnosis. It's what we've seen from pilots who have discussed their special issuance process with us, um, the SSRI process, it takes 24 months. And that's kind of the story we've been hearing for a while. And we know at the UND summit, they said, oh, it's only taking six months to get through medicals, which is like a blatant lie. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, shut your big head up. Um, because it, they don't have enough manpower that is the the case is like even though they've hired one more person to go through special issuances and through medicals there's only three people doing it and there's like 430,000 or some like crazy number no, like there's that. a
0: wild number for that yeah. like and but we should like have it but
1: thousands I, I posted about this like a couple months ago And for some reason, I think it's like in the 400,000 range, but it could be 250,000. So let's just say 250,000, but it's a hundred and hundreds of thousands of medicals that they have to go through. And there's three people that say pass or fail. So that's why it takes so long. And it really shouldn't, especially for people who just need a medical, who don't even have to go through a special actions process that should be passed pretty quickly. But like we've talked about Everything is so slow because everything goes through snail mail. They don't even have an updated system. So that's why it takes so long. And that's another thing that they could change. And obviously all of these things take money and that money comes through taxes. So it's just like, there's always this issue and it's compounding. So there's multiple parts to the issue. It's not just, oh, hire more people. It's like, well, they also don't have a system that could be a lot faster that they could upgrade.
0: Yeah. Talk about infrastructure. Mm -hmm. It's literally like, it is like the tiered cake system for airspace. It's just, you've got a massive ship literally on top of a mouse. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they, they want to act like they're the best in the world, but yet like that, they don't really have the, the grit to, Really show it. It's not there. You know what I mean? You can't act like you're the most proper, the safest, the best when your system is so fucking flawed that you've only got three people, three people allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly,
1: We can't comment on their personnel, but also you saying like a ship on top of a mouse also just reminds me of the image, like of the Titanic. Like you see a problem and it looks small, like an iceberg, but then below it is a massive fucking iceberg. And so that is pretty much how problems with the FAA are. They're more than just surface level guys. Like there's a lot going on with them.
0: Mm, 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 mm so the next comment i'm about to read is this one is cut throat mm-hmm. like this Dead. this just came for the whole neck i i, I, I wow it. wow love it love it love it all right and honestly so the cool thing about this comment because i did some investigating the person that left this comment is like a page that I'm pretty sure was just created to leave this comment because there were zero followers, zero posts. They didn't follow anyone. No one followed them. Like it was just a blank slate. But this person said the FAA is full of sorry excuses of met is I don't like the way they wrote this. I do, but I don't. The FAA is full of sorry excuses of medical, quote, medical professionals. Charles Chesinow. Is that how you say that, Manny? Yeah, yeah. Charles Chesinau, Penny Giovannetti, David O'Brien, just to name a few, are nothing more than hacks that ruin people's careers, livelihoods, and lives and hide behind whatever excuse falls out of their fat asses. <laughs> Dude, it it gets better. The Hymns program is nothing more than an extortion ring to line their pockets, and all of these quote, doctors that go along with it are violating their oath. Amen. I hope every last one of you is sued into poverty and you lose your profession. You deserve much worse, but that would do the industry and pilots some good at the FAA, pile of shit.
1: Oh my God, that was the best comment.
0: Dude, that is so savage to like call them out by name.
1: Old, old as dirt. She's like in her 70s or 80s. I think it
0: hurts me to think that a woman, like you would think that like a woman would be aware enough and I just, you know, you guys are probably like, oh, it's so disrespectful to like talk about an older woman that's superior than you that way. All right. Well, if they would have published what she said at the UND summit online, I guarantee a lot of you would be thinking the same. And there's a reason why, why they didn't. didn't. There's a reason why pieces of that summit are not online to the public, because some of the shit that was said is absolutely disgusting, absolutely despicable. And the fact that you can show up to a summit, an event like that, and say those things, you're a monster. You're a literal monster.
1: And to the faces of someone who has just lost their son, like, it was, again, like we always say, tone deaf, like they just say things and it's like, why can't you just apologize? Why can't you say, we want to work on this? We want to work with you to make this policy change. Instead, they're very defensive and they just point to their graph system that they have and they say, look, look at this pretty little graph we have and we're doing this and you know what? We do pass special issuances and we care and they don't fucking care at all. And so if you're going to be the face of that, obviously we're going to be upset with you and it, it it does suck she's like the only woman on that page but she was the one at the UND summit so we're going to call her out because and there is a reason like I said her speech at the summit is not online why isn't it
0: yeah for real because it was just a bunch of throwing shit at the wall to see what fucking sticks
1: mm-hmm. I like she pisses me off
0: Oh, mm, mm. I know y'all can hear it in my voice. My blood is boiling. Like, Mm -hmm. this is the kind of shit that is just. mm, mm. Another freaking time. It's just like, why did you even go if that was going to be your stance? It's like. And I think it just boils down to being hard pressed about the issue. They don't know how to accept reality when it's right in front of their face. And that's the that's the scariest part about it is you can have somebody who just died and all these people, Billy Hoffman there with all the evidence and still just like point to a graph. I saw pictures of their slideshow. It was like the lack of effort. The lack of effort is just It's killing me, smalls.
1: Which speaks to how much they care. Like the effort equals how much they care. So,
0: Mm, 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 mm. okay. So, moving forward, we're going to stray away from actually, you know what? We're probably not going to stray away from slander because we're keeping it on the subject of the FA, (laughs) but we're kind of going to be talking about the big news of Steve Dixon resigning next month. That's how you say his name, Steve Dixon, Mm -hmm. right? yeah and i don't know so allegedly he is retiring to you know spend more time with his family which feels like like what i would lie and say when i'm handing in my two weeks you know what i mean i just need to spend more time with my family but he only fulfilled two years of his five-year contract so that is sus to me
1: yeah i mean I know like his tenure or whatever at the FA wasn't very long and he, it seems like it was very stressful because I think he filled in right after the max crashes happened and he yeah. had to deal with all that. And then also with 5G just rolling out. And I mean, they've known years about this, but he just stepped in. So um, I think maybe because it was so stressful. And then because now the FA has been getting all this flack on mental health awareness and, and air medical reform, maybe he just is like overly stressed and is like, I'm KO'd, I'm out, man. I don't want to deal with any of this.
0: Yeah. I mean, from what I've read and I've tried to do like some Reddit thread digging, I've heard mostly good things about him. He seems to have a good rep. From what I've read, it kind of seems like, you know, Trump appointed him. He came up and really tried to clean up all the Mac shit. And I respect that. Um, but I do wonder if it does have something to do with the conversation of mental health. Um, I mean, he did I I know he had done a few interviews and they had released some stuff where he w- had like talked about it, but again, it's all like that PR type stuff. Who knows if these people truly, you know, advocate or support it? I mean, I would assume if he truly did advocate and support it, he would have done his full term and he would have started help reforming the process.
1: Yeah, or it's just something like even introducing it. Um, but what's frustrating is like now kind of like in limbo with who's going to be yeah. the administrator, what that means, how that can affect our of reform, if yeah. they'll be willing to work with us. And like, obviously we want it to be positive, but you just never know.
0: You really don't. And, you know, I hope that I really hope that we have somebody progressive, someone young, somebody who's. Just willing to take this on. I think this is a massive problem in aviation. And I wish it was talked about more. Like watching this whole Netflix thing on the Boeing stuff, I think it's so important and to see. Like that, that's honestly a huge step. I mean, we're gonna talk about that a little bit more in another episode, but I do think it is a huge deal for the FA and Boeing to get called out, like just, I mean, they rip them a whole new asshole. Like Yeah. It's just slander from front to back, like a whole, I think it was like an hour and 40 something minutes of just slander. Like (laughs) I mean, Boeing
1: for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I was, I mean, you can see though, and they didn't talk about it as much as they talked about Boeing, but the way the FAA handled things was so ridiculous to me. The, The fact that our president at the time, which was Trump had to ground the plane before the FAA did. And the FAA had The legislature, like they had the authority to do so, to say so, and they didn't. And
1: and also, it was China who grounded the Maxis first. So, if China cares about their public more than America cares about their public safety, like that's saying saying something, something, dude. That's really saying something. And I think that's why Trump was like, whoa, if China's doing this, like this is serious.
0: And that was the first, I think. I think what they said, and don't quote me to this, but that was like the first ever aircraft that's ever had to been grounded by the president of the United States.
1: Yeah, like did. they've never yeah,
0: had to do that before. It's just mm, well, mm, and mm. that's
1: kind of like showing how our FAA is a regulatory body is like not doing its job either. So I can't wait to talk about that subject in our next solo that we do because there's so much to cover on that and again we'll rip the fa a, a new asshole again for you guys <laughs> yeah.
0: but i mean until we know more about like what's going on with this new administration stuff i mean we'll kind of just keep you guys updated as we know more but there's really not much to know right now other than he is resigning um yeah the fate of our future is with god now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God.
1: Okay. So now we're going to end with our light light note, our fun questions. Um, Emma, I'm going to ask you the first one. So what did you get for Valentine's day since we just had Valentine's day as our holiday, or what did you do? Or do you hate Valentine's day like altogether?
0: I got a whole crib like we, oh, you did. Yeah, you did. we moved yeah. in on Valentine's day. It was the most oh. ironic shit ever. Like we woke up, we had no clue. Like we're, I, I think we were in our drive and we had stopped right at South of the border. And we went in to get like a hot, like a hot dog and a gas station, taquito and some other shit. And my boyfriend's like, it's Valentine's day. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. Happy Valentine's day, babe. You don't have to get me anything. You got me a whole place. (laughs) Yeah,
1: That's the best kind of gift though. You're like, I'm moving out. I know freedom.
0: (laughs) Seriously. So what did you get for Valentine's day or what did you do? Or do you just despise it altogether?
1: Um, I, I actually like Valentine's day, but maybe that's because I've had a, you know, a man to celebrate with for 10 years, but I did, we celebrated early because Jesse was in training. So like per pilot, white fashion, you don't celebrate on the day. So Jesse and I did it like four or five days before. And we went to like a little putt-putt golfing, like brewery place, drank to our heart's content. And then I think we went out for drinks that night. Like it was like a whole day. Like Jesse and I love to do like a whole day of, it's called like a date day we
0: do stuff finding good no gifts (laughs) the day is your gift yes hey listen I've always said the gift of a memory is way more valuable than material things
1: I think so too people are like so stuck on like getting something I'm like honestly stuff is just stuff like I would rather spend time that's probably because that's like my love language spending time but you know I do love a good gift but for Valentine's Day it's just like about love. So I'm like, that's like the best way to do it is just like to spend the day together doing stuff.
0: Love it. Love it. All right. So next question is what is the hardest part about adulting for you? Bills, uh, hygiene, cleaning
1: like mine. Okay. So I was trying to think about that. I make Jesse pay all the bills. So I don't have to fret about that, but mine is literally like my night routine. Cause I just want to lay in bed. Like, I just want to go straight to bed when I'm tired. And, but I'm like, I got to brush my teeth, wash my face, you know, like put yeah. my night garden. Cause I ground my teeth, like all of these things. I'm like, God, I wish like, I didn't give a shit because like, I, I, even though I was a dental assistant, assistant, I've said this before, like, I hate brushing my teeth for some reason. <laughs>
0: I think everyone hates brushing their teeth. Nobody's just like candid enough to admit it. Like, I really do think it's a universal thing. People just don't like to say they do because they're like afraid. You know how Emma, Emma Chamberlain for a while, like she said something about not liking to like take a shower every single day. And then for years, people just Tore into her, yes, and like we're like Emma Chamberlain doesn't shower. Emma Chamberlain stinks. (laughs) I really think like that is why people don't admit that kind of stuff is because they're so afraid of like other people's opinions.
1: Backlash, yeah, I don't give a
0: shit. I brush my teeth morning and night, but am I going to sit there and tell you that like when I'm drunk as shit and it's 12 o'clock at night, one o'clock in the morning, am I brushing my teeth? No, I'll do it in the morning. (laughs) Like, like, uh, I, I just don't think people, people aren't real with themselves or real with each other. They are about some things, but not the things that like make us human.
1: Yeah. What about you? So like, what is your least favorite thing about adulting?
0: God, I don't, I'm, I definitely think cleaning, but it's one of those things where like, I struggle with it in a sense where I hate doing it, but I'm so consumed by it. Like I, after my dad died, um, one of my really, really good friends, which I want to have her on the podcast. She was weird 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 story and if you've listened to the podcast episode with my mom you know a little bit about it but we have been childhood friends for forever stopped being friends ended up being friends again because she was the one that her and her mom found my dad when he passed um or were there when he passed but so weird that she came back into my life because my dad was always like he needed to be friends with newbie like like that's your girl. Um. But so anyways, she came into my life right after my dad died. And I wouldn't say that I was a dirty person, but I definitely had a way too many things. Like people loved my room because it was, it was like a getaway for, for them because you'd come into my room, there's tapestries all over the wall, a record player, old records everywhere, posters. It was like like a psychedelic band girl, surf girl, surf boy dream. But I didn't realize how much it was like negatively affecting my mental health. And then she came over one day and I just was telling her like, I don't feel calm. Like I can't calm down in here. Like, I don't know what I need to do. She was like, we're going to clean your room. And we took a whole day and like, we threw so much shit away. We cleaned everything, like every single surface of everything. And from that day on, I vowed to myself that whatever is my space will always be clean. Because if you give yourself a space, that's like calming to be in, you are a much better person. You are a much calmer person. for me, I can find things easier. Like that's a big one for me. If I have too many material things or too much clutter, I can't find shit. And that's my biggest pet peeve is not being able to find something. Um, so I think cleaning, I struggle with because I get sidetracked and like, there's so much things that I feel like I always have to do, but at the same time, it's just, it's ingrained in me. It's preset. It's been preset for like four years now. I just, Every single day I clean. People think I'm insane. I vacuum every single day.
1: Every day. I can't because of my cats. They hate it so much. My cats hate
0: it, but I'm like, suck it up, bitch.
1: (laughs) Go hide. I don't give a shit. Maybe if
0: I didn't have a house for you, I wouldn't have to be vacuuming so much. So hmm.
1: stop shedding.
0: Stop (laughs) shedding. It's that freaking simple or pay rent.
1: Yeah, or pay rent. Yes, you live in here rent free. So you get a vacuum deal with it.
0: uh yeah I vacuum every single day and I've got the Roomba it's it's really really bad like the Roomba goes off at 11 and then it goes off again at seven and then I vacuum at some point during the day it's bad
1: oh my god that's excessive
0: (laughs) I just hate seeing that like I hate hair I hate it I hate like filthiness like you understand when you come visit like The way that I live my life is, is seriously crazy. Like people, I feel like I make people uncomfortable because they'll drink something, put a dish in my sink and I'll go in after them and put it in the dishwasher. I'm that person.
1: See, I'm the one who hates doing dishes. Like I love cleaning. I've always been like all about organizing and like changing up my feng shui. Like I will change my house around. Like you'll come here one day. And then two weeks later, my house is like totally rearranged. And I've done that since I was little, like my mom used to change the house around. So she would let us change our rooms around. And so I'd move the furniture all over the place in my room. And I still do that to this day. So it feels like you're in a whole new apartment, but when it comes to Freaking dishes, dude! Like I hate it. I've gotten better because Jesse hates that I leave dishes in the sink, so like he's the one that's like been like the police officer about that. And I'm like, okay, I'll do the dishes, but really hate doing the dishes and folding laundry. I
0: hate folding laundry. laundry. (laughs) I hate folding laundry. People are like, oh, that's the easiest one. I (laughs) hate folding laundry. Yeah, I loathe entirely like. Dude, but
1: do you fold your laundry now? Like Maria Kondo? Have you? watched? Yes. Yeah. So like now I do that. And I just realized like, I've been doing that for like three years now, ever mm-hmm. since I watched that Netflix documentary. I'm like, she has changed people's lives.
0: <laughs> you have no clue that show cha- like ugh, changed me. I don't know if you remember, but like one of the first couples houses that she went into so weird, that couple was so weird so weird <laughs> oh my god Do y'all ever watch those shows and you're like why did they let these people like why were these the people that they picked out of the thousands of people that probably auditioned why did you okay. choose this these people like oh my gosh oh my gosh okay okay anyways sorry we i got off on a whole tangent but <laughs> okay so are <laughs> Are you the kind that gets visibly upset or are you calm and collected?
1: I am like, you'll know that I'm mad, but I probably won't yell at you. Like, I'm not going to get in this like screaming match with you. Kind of like depends who you are, though, because like I definitely will mirror how someone reacts to me, you know, so Mm -hmm. with I guess with people I don't really know, I don't really scream or yell at them. Um, Like I will say with like me and my husband, we, when we're upset, we will tend to like raise our voices. But at some point I'm like, I'm freaking leaving this house and I'm going for like an hour and a half walk and I don't want to see you. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't do anything because like I need space to kind of think about my feelings logically before I can tell you how I feel. Um, And Jesse is the same. So I feel like we never get too upset with each other. I don't think we really like screamed at each other. I'm pretty sure I've dropped some F-bombs, but like, it honestly surprises me. Um, And then, but like with other people, I've definitely like gotten to like where I want to fight them. Like my twin brother, uh, well, I'll hit him. So I guess it just kind of depends on the person I'm reacting to.
0: Yeah. This one for me is like entirely situational. Like it really depends on who you are, where we're at. Like I'm one for, I don't care how angry you make me. I don't care what you do in public. mm -mm, You'll never see it. You'll never ever see it. I can't, I can't handle that public conflict. Like that is, (laughs) I hate that um so yeah like in places that are public or it just like I said it is all situational like in my own home like you said with my siblings oh dude like I'm pretty sure it's a shared experience but me and my siblings used to chase each other around with freaking knives like it's (laughs) am I gonna chase my friend around with a knife when she's pissing me off No. no you know what I mean yeah um so yeah this is and I mean I haven't done that recently that i just i think i saw something about that recently and it made me chuckle like i saw a meme about it and it was like am i the only one or did like everyone have the one sibling that was chasing one of the other siblings around with a knife and it was like who are you are you the chaser are you like the the runner like the one getting away
1: (laughs) i'd be the runner dude that's some leo energy though
0: but see, I, I only held the knife like you know, one or two times. It was always my, the, the middle child, the middle child, bro. People don't talk about it enough.
1: Well, that's me. Because so.
0: <laughs> as, as the, as the oldest, you're not allowed to play into those games. You know what I mean? Like you'll get in trouble just for like defending yourself as the oldest, because you're supposed to set an example.
1: Yes. But then the youngest never gets in trouble.
0: Nope. Ever, ever. no honestly like somebody else's fault no it's always somebody else's fault there's always like an excuse for everything everything mm-hmm. must be handed to them on like a like a platter like the vegetables platter. Yep. like have to be cut up the chicken has to be cut up it all has to be separate like the the youngest child is that's that know. life that's mm-hmm. the life <laughs> I would have killed to be the youngest but I'm the oldest so that means that you know all the responsibility, man. I got to mm-hmm. set a good example.
1: Yep. You're the role
0: model. Mm-hmm. Not a great one, but I do my best. Oh man All right, y'all. Well, that is it for this week's episode. I can't think if there's anything that I want to close out on. Oh, we are doing a giveaway of one of the copies of Billy Hoffman. I always say Billy, but nobody, I'm like, Billy. Dr. Um,
1: William Hoffman, he's our friend.
0: Yeah, Dr. William Hoffman's newest release, Intrepid Pursuit. Um, You guys can get a free copy of that. Just go to our Instagram and the rules will be on our latest post, but it's pretty simple. You just have to be following the Pilots Pandemic Instagram Um, like that post and then comment and tag a friend. You can tag as many friends as you want. Um, but you guys do have to be following the page to be entered in the raffle. So just make sure you don't forget that. Um, Other than that, we'll draw for that. I'm pretty sure it's like February 28th. It's like a week from this Monday. So yeah, the 28th we'll draw for that and somebody will get a free copy of William Hoffman's book, Intrepid Pursuit. Guys, as always, give us a follow on Instagram. Please rate, review and subscribe the show. It does help us out a lot. Maddie, is there anything that you want to end off on?
1: Write your congress members.
0: Yeah, always. I, I feel like we we definitely hammered that to you guys, and I I know you know I, I I'm not going to entertain the conversation of oh well you just want somebody to do the work for you, but I will tell you now before you even get that idea, it's not about that. Like I said, Maddie and I cannot be the only ones fighting this. It helps to be commenting on the FA's post. We love it. We love the energy. But like I said, you need to be taking this to everyone. You need to be knocking on everyone's door and making it everyone's problem. Um, you know, we can't just be the only ones. It's just like you can't fight a war with two people, dude. So yep, we need all of you. Yep. All right, y'all. Well, that is it for this week. As always, keep the blue side up and the brown side down.